God responds. Immediately, Jesus speaks up. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. When we are facing the uncertainty of death and we fear we cannot face what is to come and we know we can't stand before the justice of a holy God and we don't know what's ahead in our life, then, then it's the Word of God. Only the Word of God that can dispel our doubts and remove all of our fears. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient Faith for Today's World, August 13, 2023. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Maybe it should seem a little bit surprising what we read earlier about the prophet Elijah. To find him there in that moment, when you realize what he had just done, he had just confronted the prophets of Baal and he had shown with fire from heaven that the Lord is God. And yet, at the coming threats of the enemies of God, he's hiding in a cave. Of course, is that sudden change from boldness of faith to fear, is that dive into doubts really so different from what we see in Matthew 14, where it's recorded the disciples had just witnessed the miracle of Jesus feeding the thousands. And then, not much longer later that night, that very same night, they're cowering in fear, terrified because they think they see a ghost. Maybe you've experienced that same doubt which takes away that boldness of faith and, and causes you to feel anxious or fearful. You, know, you have to wonder sometimes if God isn't looking at us and, and just wondering, why are you so afraid? Of course, we have no response, no good response for that, do we? Because we know we walk everywhere with Jesus. Today, as we look at Matthew 14, we just see how true that is, that our God dispels our doubts. And we see how we can and we do walk everywhere with him. Here, as we read in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 and now he's sending away the crowds, it says, and also sending his disciples to go across the lake by boat. Jesus himself gets up and goes by himself to pray that night. You see, he had purposely went to the secluded area in order to pray because of the difficulties that he knew were behind and ahead of him. But no doubt Jesus was also praying for that crowd that he had just fed, the, the several thousand he was probably praying, you can be sure, that after they had witnessed this miracle, that they wouldn't simply be yearning for food from the stomach, but would have faith from the heart. And no doubt Jesus was also praying for his disciples. Sure, they, they left that great feast with 12 basketfuls left over as they went across the sea. But I'm sure Jesus was praying that night also that his disciples would have another takeaway from that miracle. We find that happens, that the disciples, as they're crossing the sea, are finding troubles and they are facing a crisis. You see, they had left in the evening and now they were only, when you look at the gospel accounts, probably about three miles out. You see, the, the Sea of Galilee, actually a lake, is about the same length as Lake Roosevelt, only it's about three times as wide. And so as the disciples are crossing the lake, it's now 
a time where they're fighting against the wind and the waves. It's nighttime and it's before dawn. And they've been going until almost before dawn. They haven't gotten anywhere. You might say, well, the disciples have faced this before. They've been on a lake. But you can imagine the frustration as they're facing this crisis, wondering if they'll make it anywhere late at night. And then it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Now the disciples, you'd think the response of faith and boldness, after knowing what Jesus had just done, when they encountered Jesus, would be overjoyed. But it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of horror movies. You know those scenes where they have a character suddenly appear when you don't expect them, or maybe when you're hoping they don't appear? And suddenly there's a flash of lightning and you see a figure belonging to some phantom or person. Obviously, the disciples, when they crowd, it's a ghost, were acting on superstition. We know that demonic forces are real. We know that in Jesus' time and culture, they did have thoughts of omens of death and what was called an angel of death that would appear before they die. This superstitious thinking evidently came up in their mind. And maybe at times we too fear, because not because it's some superstitious thought, but we fear the unknown. We're in the dark, so to speak, and we don't know what's ahead. When we faced a terrible car accident or an impending illness that we can't overcome and we've been struggling and fighting and we can't get anywhere, we, we have uncertainty about death and about God's will and about what's ahead. And maybe we're not doing what the disciples did. It says they were terrified and cried out in fear. Can you imagine a grown man crying out? But maybe there are times where we do cry out in anxiety or fear of what is to come in our lives because we don't know what's ahead. See, the disciples had faced things on the, the water before. They had faced a storm in which they nearly drowned. But Jesus, he put an end to that one. He calmed the storm. And they had seen the miracles of Jesus as he drove out demons and they knew he had power over the devil. And they had just witnessed the miracle of the feeding of the thousands. But there's something different about this crisis. They were not just out in a dark sea. They were not just facing the, the torture of the wind and the waves that would not let them progress back to shore. They weren't just wondering if they'd discover just how deep the Sea of Galilee really was. No, this time, Jesus wasn't there. They were alone. Or at least that's what they thought. And when we face a crisis, it can be the same thought that plagues us, right? We think that what we're facing is something that maybe God's just not walking with us through this particular trial or he's somehow ambivalent and has left us behind. He's, he's not really paying attention or we're going to face this crisis without him. God responds. Immediately Jesus speaks up. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. When we are facing the uncertainty of death and we fear we cannot face what is to come and we know we can't stand before the justice of a holy God, 
and we don't know what's ahead in our life, then, then it's the Word of God. Only the Word of God that can dispel our doubts and remove all of our fears. Do not be afraid, it is I. Really, the words there, it's I am. And they knew who it was. Take courage, Jesus tells them. Peter, on behalf of all the others, wants to know, Lord, is it really you? But there it is, what we get. When we hear his word, he tells us, do not be afraid. Jesus gives us those same words. Do not be afraid. And we find he treads over more than the things that cause us fear. He treads over and conquers everything that might cause us to doubt or feel anxious. You fear death? You tread there. Do you fear what comes after death and what is ahead of you as you face the judgment seat of God? He went where no man could. This man, Jesus, tread on the face of sin and he tread facing that curse. And yes, he was alone. In the only way that anyone could ever truly say they are alone as he was on the cross bearing that curse for us. But instead of crying out in fear, he cried out to the Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And Jesus, the Son of God, tread where you would dare never to tread, the grave. And picture him as he walks right out of the tomb, conquering all of our enemies, dispelling the doubt that the devil had won the day, Jesus rose again in victory. And we read him saying in the word of God to us that same truth that he told his disciples. We look at the start of the vision in Revelation. He says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades. You know, what is it when we begin to doubt and to fear God? that he will come in and, and rescue? Isn't that an affront to who he really is? The God of wonder and grace, the God who sent his son, and Jesus, the, the holy son of God, who conquered for us all of our enemies, all of our fear, even death itself, and tells us, do not be afraid. And just as he sent the disciples across the lake to carry out his goal, he sends us and tells us, I will be with you. We know we walk everywhere with Jesus. Like the Apostle Paul says, what can separate us from God's love? What is it that you fear? What is it that's causing you to wonder about his care for you? When Paul says, neither height nor depth nor powers nor angels nor demons, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ our Lord. He's alive. And you walk everywhere with him. Through the car accident, the cancer, the crisis, even death in the grave. You walk with Jesus. Now, does that mean that there'll never be times when you waver? When Peter got out of the boat, by Jesus' invitation, he began to walk on the water. Lord, is it really you? And Peter stepped out and came towards Jesus. But Peter, when he saw the wind, the effects of the wind, he saw what was happening all around him, his eyes weren't on Christ. He began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Now this wasn't a crisis of unbelief. But you and I will have times where we begin to waver, where we're not listening to what he said and meditating, pondering what our God has done. 
And realizing we walk with Jesus, we might at times waver. But that simple prayer, those simple words, Lord, save me. And Peter's reminded as he's lifted up by Christ, he walks everywhere with Jesus. Same thing for us. When, when we doubt or we waver in our faith, there he's still right with us. And as we turn to him in grace, he still is there to comfort, to dispel our doubts, to bring us to the goal that he has. And what's left when you realize that we walk everywhere with Christ? Whatever you face, wherever you tread, whatever is up against you, what's left? When the disciples were back in the boat, Peter with Jesus, there's only one thing that they could do. It says there, as this section concludes, those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. It's the same for us. Even as we go through various trials and crises, even as we sometimes waver in doubts, we know Jesus walks everywhere with us. And so we can walk everywhere knowing as he dispels our doubts, there's only one thing left to do. Praise the one who breaks the darkness as we walk everywhere with Christ. Amen. Listen to the words of my mouth.